Megan. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast. Every episode, we talk about travel destinations, interesting trivia, and even some travel fails. Let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to travel mug. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Travel Mug Podcast. We are switching gears this week. So exciting. And we're going to talk about another province in Atlantic Canada, New Brunswick or Nouveau Brunswick, as they may say there. I don't know if they do, but we'll go with that. It is a bilingual province, so you know. We won't cover, of course, the whole province today, but we're going to chat about the three major cities and some worthwhile attractions in the southern ish part of the province. I know some are a little bit more east or west, but they are mostly Fredericton, St. John, and Moncton downwards. So New Brunswick has often been seen as the drive-through province, meaning people sort of just want to get through it to either get to Quebec and beyond in Canada or maybe to the U.S. And honestly, I did feel a bit about, you know, New Brunswick this way myself, but we've spent some significant time there in the last couple of years. And we've truly come to appreciate all it has to offer, and we hope you will too, maybe adding it to a future itinerary. So let's dive in. Yes. I just wanted to say that there is a really fun song um, by David Miles, who is a New Brunswicker, about just driving through New Brunswick. Is there really? Yeah, there is. It's really fun. And also, I've heard people call it No Funswick, but we're going to prove them wrong today. We are. Let's change the stereotype. All right. So we're going to start off with Fredericton, which is the capital city of New Brunswick. And so it has like a small downtown core. There's a lot of government jobs in this city. It also has two uh, major universities. And it's kind of along the shores of the St. John River. So it's really important culturally, artistically, and educationally. As we said, there are two universities. It also boasts the Beaverbrook Art Gallery, the Playhouse, which is a performing arts venue, as well as the annual Harvest Jazz and Blues Festival, which did happen this year. Very, Very exciting. Very exciting. It also has the highest per capita income in New Brunswick. So go Freddie. I tell you. Very exciting. I actually, I haven't spent that much time in Fredericton, but it, I, I almost applied to go to university there. Oh, did you? I, yeah, I was considering applying there, but I ended up going to massage college and that was that, but uh, yeah, it almost happened. It's a cute little city. Yeah. Uh, what so are we going to talk about next? Next up, we're going to head to Moncton. So it's kind of geographically the center of the Maritimes and kind of the urban hub for New Brunswick. I think a lot of people probably get confused and think that Moncton is the capital, but it's not. It's Fredericton. And so the city proper has a population of about 72,000, but that doubles if you take into account the kind of whole city and outlying area. It was actually founded in 1766, so it has a really deep history um, within Canada, and it is considered a low-rise city. It has a lot of green spaces within the city, including Centennial Park, Mapleton Park, and Irishtown Park, which is one of the largest urban parks in Canada. Go Moncton! I know, that's really cool. I love I love a lot of green space in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about some things to do in Moncton. There are quite a few. So here are some of the highlights. So there's Tidal Boar Park. So it's a great place to see the changing high tides. That's kind of a theme with New Brunswick. They really um, 
you know, it's kind of in between us, um, Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, where the Bay of Fundy is. <laughs> so that's really cool. So next up, we have the Moncton Museum and then Magnetic Hill and the Magnetic Hill Zoo. And then my personal favorite, Magic Mountain Splash Zone. Have you been? I have. It's I've awesome. not been. Oh, my God. I love I love water slides. Like, I love them. So I highly recommend a trip to Magic Mountain. Even if you're an adult, it is super fun. And then there's also Trigo, which we've mentioned a couple of times. We have. Yes, these, I forgot. These tree obstacle courses. I've told you before, but I failed and did the first thing and cried. And uh, so that's not for me, but it might be for you. Who knows? There's also a second location that's just outside Fredericton. So um, depending on where you are in the province. And Moncton has a lot of bars and restaurants and shopping and lots of stuff in nearby towns, which we're going to cover. But Moncton's a great place to go. I know a lot of people go there with their family, like with kids. There seems to be a lot of kid-friendly uh, things to do as well. Well, too, before Nova Scotia, um, you know, exited the dark ages and we had Sunday shopping, <laughs> a lot of people would actually go to Moncton on the weekends because that was a big deal back then because mm -hmm. you could actually enter the mall on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So Moncton was a big shopping hub for Nova Scotians there for a bit, but thankfully we have Sunday shopping now. Yay. <laughs> We're so progressive. Oh, aren't we just? I know. I know. And next we're going to chat about the third city uh, is St. John. So it's known as the port city. It's just along the Bay of Fundy and is Canada's oldest incorporated city dating back to 1785. It is the largest city in the province and has the second largest population in the province as well. And some highlights, so sort of things you might want to check out while you're there. The Imperial Theatre, it is a centerpiece in the town where you can see concerts and plays. And we were just there and the lights on the um, the sign outside sort of flash and go around. It just made it, it actually felt like a theater look. It was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed that. There's the Irving Nature Reserves. This is about 10 to 12 minutes from the city, but it includes salt marshes, volcanic rock, forests, hiking trails. We ran out of time. We were going to go there. So we'll definitely cover that next time we're in the area. Uh, there's also City Market. So it's housed in a building dating back to 1876. There are food stalls, fresh fruit and vegetable vendors, and also craft vendors as well. We were there on like a Tuesday and it was open. <laughs> so it isn't just like a weekend thing. Right. It's open all the time. Oh, that's um, yeah, no, it was cool. We grabbed coffee and sat outside. And then we also uh, visited King Square Park. So there's fountain benches, lovely flower beds. And then there was a restored 1908 bandstand. So it's a really great spot to stroll through or sit for a bit, take a couple pictures. It's kind of pretty. And then Market Square. So that's along the waterfront. It has shops, restaurants, and bars. And it looks like it would be a really great outdoor area in the summer for lots of people milling about. It looks like it'd be a really busy place. We were just there, so I just wanted to mention a couple of things that we did or ate at and stayed while we were there. So we had lemongrass Thai. Mm. The food was amazing. We had to take three quarters of it home each. <laughs> oh, wow. So we actually had two meals from the food that we had oh. there, and that was down in Market Square. We also went to Hopscotch Whiskey Bar. I've never seen such a large whiskey menu. I'm talking like, I swear, 50 to 100 different whiskeys wow. you could order. I had the best Caesar of my whole life there. 
And I thought it was a smoky, spicy Caesar. And I thought that he had added liquid smoke. Mm-hmm. He came over later, the mystery of whiskey. <laughs> and he actually had me smell a specific kind of whiskey. And it was smoky whiskey. Oh. And that's what made the smoky Caesar. A, a Caesar with whiskey is crazy thought. <laughs> and then B, smoky whiskey. It was it was incredible. I loved wow. it so much. I know. I'm not even a huge drinker, but I'm like, I could have this a- <laughs> daily, but that wouldn't be good either. <laughs> no. No. And then I was so excited to eat um, at the one vegetarian restaurant in all of St. John, Vegolution. Everything we learned or lots of things, Monday and Tuesday is not a big day for things to be open. Gotcha. I don't, I don't know why, but keep this in mind. So Vegolution was closed for supper on Tuesday, but we happened to be in town until lunch on Wednesday. So we got to go it was well worth the wait. And I had to mention the quaint and unique little bed and breakfast we stayed at. It's called Earl of Leinster. It's on Leinster Street. Dwight and Cheryl run it. Um, they're like the sweetest older couple. <laughs> and the the rooms all have like funky wallpaper. They had like old pipes and uh, pipes that you smoke and violins and old photos. And they're like, you know, open the drawers in your room. We've shoved the old little knickknacks in them. Like it was a really, really fun, cool place. And the breakfast was stuffed French toast, which (laughs) it was was overall really great experience and it's quite central. So I would definitely um, recommend staying there if you're just going to be there a couple nights there in St. John. That sounds amazing. It was. Definitely, I would definitely stay there. And oh, Thai food, lemongrass Thai sounds amazing. Oh, I've been so uh, I've been missing like restaurant options since we moved out of Halifax <laughs> into a tiny small town. There's definitely no Thai food here. So <sighs> you can come back and visit us anytime in the big city. I, I gotta. All right. So let's do activities in southern New Brunswick ish. Yes. We're we're all over the place here, but I mean, New Brunswick is kind of a big province. It's definitely bigger than Nova Scotia, but the, the stuff we're all mentioning, you know, you can do within a, you know, a a short ish trip, like a a long weekend or a four or five day trip. I think you can probably squeeze a lot of this in. So Let's first talk about the Fundy Trail Parkway. So this beautiful trailway extends from St. Martin's through to Alma. So the full route actually just opened and now has six additional lookoffs, which is really exciting. So it is a driving experience, but so much more. It has hiking trails, lookoffs, beaches, and incredible views. So it is free to drive through if you don't intend to stop. Otherwise, it's $10 per adult. Um, and $32 for a family, like a a car full, I guess. The parkway itself is 30 kilometers and has also 32 kilometers of hiking and biking trails. Have you done this, Megan? Yeah, we did it last summer. We were just in New Brunswick last week, but of course, having done it once, we had other things to do. So we did it last year. I definitely recommend it. The stops, the beaches, the views, the little hiking trails to see little flower pot rock formations. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's all really worth it. And when we were there last year, the full route was not open. So we haven't done that piece yet. So there's that stretch we haven't done. So now it would be even better that you could just go the whole way from St. Martin's to Alma. So, I mean, I recommend it even more at this point, just because of that. Definitely. Where are we off to next? 
So St. Martin's that we just mentioned. So it is a cute little spot with some nice places to stay and eat. I have some friends who have stayed in the area at Airbnbs, but the main attraction here um, are the beachside sea caves. So we visited in 2020. You really need to shoot for low tide because of course you can only access the caves via walking on the ocean floor. When we were there, they did have the caves blocked off with caution tape. Um, but other folks we know were able to go inside them on other visits. So I'm not sure if they were just had some falling debris or like what the deal right. was when we were there. It may have been different even this past summer in 2021. Um, so they are really unique and the beach is very vast. It's likely summer though, you'll just need about 45 minutes. So you don't need right. to plan too long of a stay because a cave is a cave is a cave, right. but they're really cool to check out in the, in the beach is really nice. So I would say, yeah, about 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, if you have kids, you'll likely be there longer. I assume everything is longer, <laughs> um, but for, for us, it was probably just like 45 minutes to an hour, but it's a great place to start the Fundy Trail mm-hmm. Parkway. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about where you end the Fundy Trail Parkway, which is Let's. Fundy National Park. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you'll find Alma, which is also where you'll find the park. Uh, per the Government of Canada website for the park, experience the world's highest tides, not to mention pristine forests, deluxe campgrounds, and a taste of Atlantic Canada culture at Fundy National Park. Paddle in a kayak as the waters rise up to 12 meters or more. The, the Fundy Tides... They never cease to amaze me. It's- I swear to God, this is a podcast about high tides. But anyway, <laughs> the whole thing, every episode, we're talking about the tide. The tides. <laughs> so walk the otherworldly ocean floor at low tide or venture inland where trails lead to waterfalls deep in Acadian forest with unique camping options, including yurts and even regular music performances. Fundy is a maritime treasure. And have you visited, Megan? Yes, 2020 again. Mm-hmm. This was when um, we were able to not stay in Alma, but we were nearby. So, of course, we visited the park. It is really great. Lovely little beaches, great hikes, great views of the ocean. I didn't see any waterfalls, so I feel like we didn't go in deep enough. Uh, yeah. um, and there are hikes, some difficult, some moderate, some easier. There's a map that tells you which is which so that you gotcha. can make sure you choose what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And then the cost of visit is $7.90 for adults. So $7.90 and then youth are free. Perfect. Where yeah. are we going next? So we are going to ever famous Hopewell Rocks. It is really a fun time. Um, you are going to pay money to look at rocks. I just really want you to be prepared for that. <laughs> wrong but they're nice rocks though they're so pretty (laughs) so it's $14 for adults and $8 for kids you then walk into some wooded paths down to the rocks and then down some stairs that are pretty steep a few flights really keep that in mind if you have mobility issues it is quite a ways in and then is up and down stairs also of course because all we talk about is tides you really (laughs) need to plan to go at low tide I mean otherwise don't go yeah. Um, it's super important. So if you do go, of course, at low tide, you get to walk down on the ocean floor and see the p- flower pot shaped rock formations and explore the caves and the beach there. Mm-hmm. We were likely there for over uh, an hour and a half, just looking around, honestly, in amazement. It's just really, really cool. And as we post uh, pictures of the next few weeks, I will definitely include some of our time there. It's definitely touristy, 
but it's horsey, you know, in that way for a reason. So you're not necessarily harming nature because you are literally just walking on the beach there. Yeah. And then getting pictures of these really cool structures that are like, you know, thousands of years old or whatever is really cool. And there are a few guides when you're on the beach as well. So when you have any questions, they're there to answer them for you. Right. That's awesome. All right. So our next one I'm really excited about. So Walton Glen Gorge Trail slash Lookout. So it's been called the Grand Canyon of New Brunswick. Just true. Very fun. Um, You walk on a short trail, like maybe a kilometer to a spectacular gorge view. And this is from the Hiking New Brunswick website. The lookout is on the edge of a cliff that drops around 40 meters into the gorge below. On the cliff face across from the lookout is Walton Glen Falls. There's also a large waterfall that you can see in the valley below the lookout. The gorge cuts its way through the forest on its way to Little Salmon River and, of course, the Bay of Fundy beyond. That sounds amazing. It really was awesome. And I I even talked about about it to some friends in New Brunswick. I don't think it's overly popular or overly well known. Like I had never really heard about it until we started doing some research last summer. And we also visited this as part of our trip last summer. And mm-hmm. honestly, you can't recommend this enough. The hike is easy and then the payoff is huge. So I definitely mm-hmm. recommend that. Yes. So next we'll talk about the reversing falls because we need to talk more about the Bay of Fundy. <laughs> so this is actually in St. John, a long aptly named St. John River. Mm-hmm. Um, so the river passes through a narrow gorge before emptying into the Bay of Fundy. And this actually creates a reversal of sorts of the water due to the change of tides in the Bay of Fundy. So, of course, you have to be aware of uh, tide times <laughs> to understand. Always. <laughs> Always. People nothing else check the tide times and that way you can sort of get the view you want we didn't stop we passed the bridge where you would be able to go to see it on the way out of st john but we had other plans Mm -hmm. so we didn't necessarily do that but of course i've heard it talked about a lot have you ever seen that jen no i haven't but that's really cool i mean as i've said the bay of fundy never ceases to amaze me with these crazy freaking tides i know Um, i yeah i need to go there And I also need you to tell me about the next thing on the list, because when you told me you were doing this, I was so freaking excited and I can't (laughs) wait to hear all about it. (laughs) It was all I ever dreamed of. So we went and visited just, I guess, maybe a week ago, Saturday when we were there, Lamazing Adventures. So this is located in Haute Abu Janet. I'm sure I did not pronounce that correctly <laughs> in New Brunswick. It's near Shediac. So this was actually a business started in 2020 and it has made quite a splash. They're super busy. So it's ran by Josie, the owner and her partner, Monica, who's actually a vet tech. Mm-hmm. And it started out of pure love and passion for animals. So Josie actually purchased a few llamas and then she took them like on a little adventure to the beach, <laughs> but there are people friendly and well socialized. And then people kept approaching her to like, can I, you know, can I rub the llama? Can I, you know, take it for a little walk? And then she kind of realized, well, maybe people would actually get enjoyment out of doing this and maybe it could be a business. Mm-hmm. And then Lamazing Adventure was born. So really our walk consisted of four llamas and four alpacas. And so what you can do is you can either pay to walk your own llama or you could share it with a friend, which is what I did with my husband friend. We shared the <laughs> llama. And really it made more sense for us, A, because we were lucky our llama was in the very front. We led the pack, but <laughs> I was able to walk in with her 
he took pictures and video and then he was able to walk out with her. And then we got some pictures and video of him. But if we each had our own, we really wouldn't have been able to capture the moment as well. Right. And the walk we did took about an hour and it was the river walk. There are options available so you can do a beach walk, et cetera. We had the privilege and fun to walk Brenda. She was a lovely gal, <laughs> mama. And it was a really fun experience, honestly. It's a great local business. They love the animals. You can tell it's a, a passion project for them. And really, it was just like a lot of fun. I can't recommend it enough. I think for the two of us for one hour, if I remember correctly, it's not exactly cheap, but it was about $84 for the two of us mm-hmm. and Brenda. And Brenda. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I'm so it was jealous. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw your uh, videos on uh, Instagram, I was like, oh my God, I want to do this so bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, they've only been around for a year. And she said last year they were going like flat out seven days a week. Wow. Like it was their first year and they weren't sure exactly their schedule, what to yeah. do yet. She said they got a little burnout. So this year they did them Wednesday to Sunday. Gotcha. And then they had two days off and it was much more regulated three walks a day before they were doing many walks a day and the animals get rotated in terms of who's out when, et cetera. So I think this year and their second year, they were able to sort of get things down a little more, um, you know, how they wanted it, which yeah. was great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely doing that. When I go to New Brunswick, you must sounds amazing. So next up, we're going to do this Sussex bluffs hike. So it's a wooded hike and about like moderately challenging. Yeah. Maybe not super challenging for the average person, but it is like uphill a bit. So you climb along to several openings overlooking the Dutch Valley below where you can see farmland and trees and wild open fields and streams. And it sounds idyllic. Did you do this? We did. This trip, we didn't do as many hikes as we did last year. Mm -hmm. And we didn't do the whole thing. We could have hiked further and went higher. But honestly, where we were was perfect for us. And uh, the opening was really vast. You could see everything below. We just sort of sat there, took some pictures to start, but then we sat there and just took the whole thing in for a while. And it was just really peaceful and lovely. And when you come out into the opening, it's one of those moments where everything is just really cool down below. So it was just really fun. I would say overall, we were there a maximum of two hours and it's not hard to find. It's on Google Maps. So definitely a, a, a fairly easy hike, but with a good payoff at the end. Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. And it was amazing. Everything is amazing. Exactly. <laughs> um, we also wanted to mention there are many beaches in New Brunswick, including the famous Parley Beach, which I've never mm-hmm. been to, but I've heard many great things about it. Yes. Honestly, the beaches there are lovely. The sand is very different. It's more PEI-ish looking yeah. than Nova Scotia looking. Um, Parley Beach was great. We also went to one called Abwato. Uh, it was also beautiful. And there's actually in the parking lot, there's like a brewery and stuff. So I can oh, imagine cool. in the summertime, that's it's probably a really happening place. But yeah, there's a beach much like in Nova Scotia on every corner. So yeah. you can really, if you want to go to the beach, you can definitely fit that in there as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Now for my favorite part of the episode, which is New Brunswick fun facts. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Tell us your fun facts. The first fun fact is... New Brunswick is the only Canadian province that is constitutionally bilingual, Mm -hmm. uh, which I find really interesting because, you know, we have a lot of French also in Nova Scotia, but we are not 
constitutionally bilingual here, even though we have a lot of French speaking people. Um, I think it's one of those things when it's constitutionally mm -hmm. that I think it sort of causes probably a little bit of trouble for all sides when it comes mm -hmm. to like jobs and yeah. do you have the right language skills yeah. in terms of talking to some folks there? Like it, it does cause a little bit of strife in that way. I think it's, it's a cool thing and it's great to have like sort of that bilingualism piece, but there's always another side to it, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I like that they're trying to protect like the French Acadian language there because I think it could really easily die out if we're not careful. Same with Nova Scotia. Um, but yeah, I'm sure <laughs> nothing is perfect. I'm sure no. also it causes problems. Um, our next fun fact is a lot more fun. <laughs> McCain Food <laughs> Limited, <laughs> the multi-billion dollar company famous for its frozen french fries, is Canadian. So the McCain brothers' first french fry plant was created in 1957 in their hometown of Florenceville, New Brunswick. And one-third of the world's french fries come from New Brunswick. Shut your face. Woo! Not, I mean, the other two thirds have to be PEI, but like, wow, <laughs> I had crazy? no idea. I assume they mean frozen French fries and not all French fries. Like, aren't all French fries frozen? Well, no, you can make homemade French fries, like from a potato. I mean, sure, sure. I suppose you could. Okay. That's crazy. I had no I know. idea. I know. Bananas. All right. Bananas. And the. The last one is Moncton is home to Magnetic Hill, which we did mention, but we didn't tell you what it was. So I guess if you're not familiar with it, you're probably like, what the hell is Magnetic Hill? So objects seemingly roll uphill on Magnetic Hill, and you can actually um, go there in your car and put your car in neutral. And like magic, your car will roll uphill. Have you done this? I've never, I've never, I've yet to I, do this. I have. It's been a very long time. I was a child, I think, when we did oh. this. But yes, I mean, very cool. I don't know how it works. It's, uh, I, I don't know. Sure, it's on the internet. It probably is on the internet. You could probably find out, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, do your own research, people. Research it if you want to see it. <laughs> it's, it's fun. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Travel Mug Podcast. You can find us on our website at travelmugpodcast.com and on Facebook and Instagram at the Travel Mug Podcast. We'll share mostly Megan's New Brunswick pictures, and I'm going to dig up pictures from me at the water park. I, I think you should. I know I have them. I'm going to have to dig out a uh, an old camera somewhere, but... I know they I exist and it's very fun. So <laughs> we'll chat again soon, everybody. Bye. Bye.